the idea that you're going to come in and like have your head down and just look at your laptop and do work like it doesn't work like that here um so it's innately just a very like social environment Welcome to the With a Dog podcast, the podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and every Wednesday I bring on pet professionals or some fellow dog parents, and we laugh, learn, and commiserate about everything from the confusing vet visits to dog park etiquette to the 2 a.m. potty breaks. Essentially, life with a dog. Hello, people with a dog. I am so happy you're here. If you're new, welcome. As I said, my name's Carly. I'm the host. I worked in the pet industry for almost 10 years, and then I started this podcast. I am dog mom to two hound dogs. I live in Seattle, Washington, and right now I'm in the middle of a New York interview series where I traveled to New York City, interviewed a bunch of amazing pet slash dog related businesses while I was in the city. And you are going to hear one of those interviews on today's episode. If you enjoy it, please go ahead and give us a five stars at the end. Give us a follow, Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening. I have episodes every Wednesday with a dog Wednesday, if you will. And I also do two exclusive episodes with my friends Charlotte and Ashley, and they're on the free weekly episodes occasionally as well, which speaking of, I just want to put a little plug in right now. One, next week is going to be the Q&A episode that Charlotte, Ashley, and I did in person since we were all in New York together. We did it in Ashley's living room in Astoria, and it was pure chaos as per usual. So that's going to be next week's episode. I hope you guys enjoy. And also, I just want to say for the exclusive episodes, this recent one that I did with only Ashley was just so good. And I think a lot of the listeners of this Boyers and Horton episode are going to really enjoy her exclusive episode because she talked about her recent experience volunteering with the New York Animal Care Centers. She talked about why she chose the location, like the spot that she wanted to volunteer at, her experience so far, the training she went through, and just some learning lessons that that she's had so far. It's been a really positive experience for her. So I, I don't want to make it sound like clickbaity like, go listen to the drama. It's not that at all. She she just shares a lot of her experience and what she's learned and what took her by surprise and things like that. So I think you will really enjoy it. As I said, it's an exclusive episode. So $4.99 a month. You can listen to it, you know, for one month if you want and then cancel anytime if you choose. It is split between three creators. So if you do listen to the exclusive episodes already, thank you very much for your support. Moving on, life update really quick. Going back to London this Friday, so in three days, this is going to be actually our first trip back since we moved back to the US, which was very end, like December 2019. So it's been almost three years since we've been back. I'm so excited to see some of my friends just go back to some of my favorite restaurants and pubs. This is going to be more of a visit trip. I was hoping to hit up some people to do a podcast interviews. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the amount of people that I want to see and the amount of things I want to do, plus Dog Zaddy is coming with me. So I think this is going to be more of a vacation trip, but I will try to sneak in maybe a London episode or two after this New York series has ended. 
recommended. But yeah, so just gearing up for that. I know you're wondering what's happening with the dogs while we're gone. Um, Half of the time, my because we're going to go for a whole week. So half the time, my mother-in-law is graciously watching them. And then the other half is Josephine fellow hound mom who lives blocks away from me, thankfully. She's also a listener. I've I've talked about her on the podcast before. Hello, Josephine. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you watching my dogs and my house while I'm gone. So that's my little life update. Let's get a move on and talk about today's episode. All right. There were so many cards stacked against us for this interview, you guys. So the fact that it turned out as absolutely fire as it did is amazing. So this was a learning lesson for me when I go do interviews while I'm traveling. Don't schedule an interview for the morning after I arrive because my flight ended up getting delayed. Didn't get in until about 3 a.m. in the morning. I was supposed to sleep on a friend's couch that night. Didn't happen because I got in so late. So I just got a hotel by the airport, had like three hours of sleep, had to get my butt in gear to get into the city from JFK, drop my bags off at my hotel, pack up my podcasting things and get to Boris and Horton Cafe and like set up my podcast equipment and interview Logan by 10 a.m. the next day. So I was exhausted. I felt like I was like running on that adrenaline rush. Logan was so nice to accommodate me. We were tucked in a back office, like practically side by side with a huge like industrial ice maker that they use to run the cafe next to us. So you do hear a lot of like cafe noises and the ice maker humming in the background. You're getting that experience in this interview. But personally, I kind of love it. It's it's still very listenable, but it sets the stage for you guys. Like, honestly, we were, yeah, like two feet apart. And I was trying to do this interview on hours of sleep, but it turned out so great. Logan and I discuss the origin of Boris and Horton Cafe, how it started, challenges they've had, how they've decided to design it in specific ways, the community that they've created with their patrons, the events they put on, the fundraising, and of course, uh, part of the Boris and Horton namesake. We learn all about her dog, Horton, and Also, if you guys listened two episodes ago, my interview with Jolie of Must Love Dogs and Comedy, Boris and Horton Cafe are the ones who host some of their comedy shows. I think they host like two a month. These episodes almost go hand in hand, and I was able to go to one of the comedy shows at Boris and Horton Cafe. It was really fun, and um, both businesses, both Must Love Dogs and Comedy as well as Boris and Horton, just put on a really great event. And as I told you guys a couple episodes ago, My New York series is really, I wanted to focus on the businesses that support the pet parents of New York. So the people who make it enjoyable and possible to have a dog in a big city. Boris and Horton, they're the New York's first dog-friendly cafe. I think they really highlight that. And I asked Logan in this interview, as you'll hear, why she thinks New York City is such a great place for a pl- for a dog-friendly cafe. And I just really love her response. So hope you guys enjoy the interview and let's get into it. So Logan, welcome to the With a Dog podcast. Thank you for having me. To set the stage, everyone, we are in a back office. The ice machine just went off. So maybe this bodes well for our noise for this podcast. And we are at Boris and Horton. So if you could just briefly introduce yourself to the listeners. I'm Logan Mickley. I'm one of the owners of Boris and Horton, which is New York's first dog-friendly cafe. 
I immediately am like, want to dive into that. But we're going to get more info about you and your dogs first. So you have a dog. I have Wharton. Uh, he is a 13-year-old terrier mix. He's probably like Chihuahua and Poodle or something like that. Um, I got him in Houston, Texas when I was in college um, visiting a friend. Their dog had just had puppies and they were literally just in a box in their garage, uh, kind of not being taken care of very well. Um, and I, I just kind of begged to take him home and hid him from my parents for like a semester in college and then just Love brought it. him home and said I'm keeping him. Um, and luckily, he's really small and well-behaved and very cute. So they got it over it pretty quickly. Okay. That is like the ultimate dog mom move. I feel like you're just like, I'm going to get this dog while I'm on a trip and then hide it. Were you in like dorms or anything? No. So I, I was living off campus and I actually okay. had my family dog with us. Oh, okay. Um, which is kind of funny too, because it was my family dog. Uh, my dad's credit card was on file at the vet <laughs> and the do- my family dog was a little bit old. So I was actually using his credit card to pay for the new vaccines for the new puppy without telling him and just kind of made it seem like our older dog had some health issues or something. Um, so I was really hiding it. Um, <laughs> and I think also my roommates were a little bit like, huh? Cause I came to, to that year with my older family dog, kind of like a slow, not super social dog, and then brought a puppy as well. So I, I was making a lot happen uh, without <laughs> asking people. But luckily, he's really cute. And I was living with four girls at the time. So I think he was really like well socialized. And I think yeah. it was a good thing for his personality. So yeah, it all worked out. I probably I don't recommend to people to get a dog without any plan. Um, and hide it from people, but I'm glad it worked out for me. <laughs> yeah, do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. And it worked out because now you have a dog cafe yeah. named after him. Yeah, yeah. It was a pivotal point in mm-hmm. your life, it sounds like. This is the With a Dog podcast. So, what's a recent with a dog win you've had? So, that's anything like life with a dog, a win that you've had recently. Yeah, I think the win that um, I can think of is I have Horton, he's 13. I also have a toddler son, and it's been a really rough two years for Horton, I think, because, well, I'll say when my son was first born and not mobile, Horton was really into him, Um, and then he became mobile, and also, like, at this point, he's probably double the size of Horton, Mm -hmm. uh, and, like, grabby and impulsive and all those things, and so they, it was a lot to try to manage the two of them in a small apartment and everything. Um, so lately the win has been that they're getting along a lot better. Like my son is getting a little bit more mature and knows to be gentle with him, knows he only wants to come up with to him if he's like in a seated position. Um, they share string cheese. So like oh. I'll open a string cheese and my son will like peel a piece for Horton and peel a piece for him. Oh, that's cute. Um, yeah. He does have this weird lie that he does where he tells people that Horton bit him. No. Other than that, yeah, so that's going a lot better. Um, And then also I have Horton doesn't love to come to the cafe during a shift. I was kind of planning to take him to work uh, with me and kind of separate him from my son, but he doesn't love it. But lately I've been bringing him for a short amount of time and then a friend of mine watches him for a little while I'm working. So I just feel like the whole like management has gotten better. Yeah. 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 No, I totally feel that when like something's kind of out of alignment with the dog. This kind of like extra stress in the back of your mind. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm a little bit nervous for winter because 
yeah, the management is easier when we can go to the park and play and things like that. But it's a little bit, still a little bit difficult in a small New York apartment. Yeah. Well, especially Horton, I'm sure, you know, first 10 years of his life, he's was like your baby and then toddler. Yeah. yeah. I think in general, little dogs don't love it when a baby's (laughs) introduced. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, no, that's an awesome win. So a little bit more about Horton. We're just going to do like a quick answer round. Sure. So we know you said he's 12. Yeah. Wait, 12 or 13. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, you said his, he's like a terrier poodle mix or something along those lines. Yes. What is Horton's favorite toy? Right now, Horton's favorite toy is this plush banana toy that we sold at Boris and Horton. Really cute. But yeah, he that's that's his main one. And then I would say he has a fire hydrant toy. And then we also have some plush toys that we make at Boris and Horton that he... He likes anything plush. Does he rip them apart or... He does not. No, he'll hang on to those for like months and months and months. And then when there is like a rip in it, he'll pull out the stuffing. But that's not his main goal. He likes to like more play fetch uh, with them, which is very cute. Cute. I know he's a city dog, technically, but is he a beach or a mountains dog? Mountains. Um, surprisingly, he does not look athletic at all, but he loves to hike and he's quite good at it. So, um, if we go on a vacation, we'll take him upstate, things like that. Um, he can hike off leash and he actually usually does like double the hike because my husband's faster. So he'll like go hike with him and then come back to check on me and like go back and <laughs> forth. So he's surprisingly athletic and definitely loves like, a fall upstate cabin type of yeah environment yeah <laughs> i feel like that's such a thing with small dogs like people don't think that they're, they're athletic but a lot of times they totally can be yeah yeah definitely. yeah he he reminds me of like a billy goat like he just can i don't know like he can throw himself up on like a rock and balance he's he's like impressive i think <laughs> <laughs> next question is he a dog's dog or does he like to be around people instead He's definitely a people dog. He does love other dogs and definitely like a social on a walk type of thing. Um, at the cafe, the energy is like a little bit too much for him. So he will just go to people who don't have a dog and let them pet him. He'll jump up on their seat. But the funny thing is like he is always staring at me while he does it. So he'll like find people and they'll end up like sharing a grilled cheese with him and, and having a whole thing. But he's also just staring at me. Um, so he wants me to know about it or something. Um, but yeah, he, he loves people. He's very personable. Uh, I actually tried to get him certified as a, um, therapy dog, but he is like fairly untrainable and knows yeah. no commands and also barks. So yeah, <laughs> like he's very soothing to people mm-hmm. when he wants to be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, do you think he knows that he's the namesake for the cafe? People ask me that a lot. Um, no, I don't think he knows. He knows if I grab his leash and say, do you want to go to work? Like, he will go yeah. to the door, but I don't think he understands what's going on at so all. So he doesn't have, like, his own throne in the cafe or anything? No, he doesn't have... He will sometimes, like, sit under my stool at the register. I tried to put a crate and a bed in the back storage room so that he could just hang out uh, when he got overwhelmed, but then he was growling when other dogs got near the door. Yeah. Um... So no, and it's funny because I actually had a dog-friendly office at my last job where he was the only dog, and he really liked that so much more. He does not really like this. (laughs) Um, At my old job, the shipping manager actually would pack him a lunch, like a separate lunch for Horton, but I had to tell him that you can't, like dogs can't just eat spaghetti and meatballs. So he was very spoiled, and he liked that better. (laughs) It's It's so cute, but it's also like... 
when you have to break it to someone like that, like, no, they can't eat that. Like, I know, like, Grandma, I know you want to give. Yeah. Well, it happened. Like- <laughs> I was just at my in-laws for the Jewish holidays. And we always used to feed him, like, brisket and things like that. Um, and he- we gave it to him. And I think he must just be getting older or something. And it didn't agree with him. And it didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> so he has a more sensitive stomach now. My older dog, uh, that has happened in mm-hmm. his old age, too. Um, okay. I really want to talk about the startup story yeah. of Boris and Horton. From conception, like, when did you get the idea to all the way through to making it happen? Well, I would say the kind of seed of the story is that when I went to college, I got really involved in an animal rescue and kind of learned that there's a career or a calling around dogs. And it's like more than just like, oh, I want to pet a dog as it walks by on the street. Yeah. And I went to school in New Orleans where there's like a huge stray dog population. And I it just started happening where like I felt like they would like follow me home. Like I was uh, working with a rescue and I would find dogs all the time and rehabilitate them and find homes for them. And I just have never felt better than doing that. Mm-hmm. I will say it was also very depressing and just all-consuming. Uh, but definitely my level of comfort with dogs is very high. And I just feel amazing around them more so than people. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that kind of that chapter kind of came to a close. I went to school to be a teacher. So I was pursuing that. Um and moved back to New York and uh, was walking with my dog, or sorry, was walking with my dad one day and we were walking our dogs in the West Village and we wanted to grab a coffee and one of us had to stay outside with the dogs and wait um, mm-hmm. and the other person went in and I think they were like out of something. We went back and forth and it was just sort of a unpleasant experience. We noticed a few groups of people were doing the same thing and so we were like, hmm, maybe there's something we can do about this and a bunch of cat cafes had just opened in the city. So mm-hmm. we met with the health department and we found that they were actually like very helpful in terms of, okay, here's what you have to do. Like the rules are very stringent, but they're very clear. Okay. Um, so we just decided to run with it and we started looking at spaces and, um, when you say we, it was you and your me dad. And my dad. Yeah. Okay. So me and my dad own it. We're called Boris yeah. and Horton. Boris was my dad's dog. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we decided to run with it and, uh, it took about a year from the initial planning to opening. Um, one amazing thing that happened along the way is we went to a community board event to get our beer and wine uh, license where you're basically just telling the community board about your plans and then they approve you or don't approve you. Um, but there was some media in the audience. So we got a story got picked up um, on a website called DNA Info. And that just like blew up, like it just got picked up everywhere. So right before we were going to open, we had so much press interest and so much customer interest. And it was kind of amazing because it was all organic and free. But we really just had like built it in customers from the beginning. Yeah. Um, And it was great. We were smaller than we are now. So when we first opened, we were just like a few tables on the dog side. um, And we found that it wasn't enough space because people are more interested in kind of staying a while, going to dog-friendly events, like really using it as more of a community space. So about a year into it, we took over the space next door. And that's when things really kind of blew up for us because we were able to host like trivia and meetups and adoption events and just do a lot more with it. Um, so yeah, that's been great. We closed for a while because of COVID. Um, but we just kept our coffee to go window open. 
Um, and now it feels like there's more people who are working from home, more people got dogs. So that's, I mean, I think we've come out on the other side of it. And we're actually opening a second location now. Amazing. Where's it in the city somewhere else? Or? It's in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Okay. Um, yeah. So we love it because similar to here, it's right by a dog park, uh, McCarran Park. And it's also right by the subway. And there's just a ton of like millennial dog parents, um, mm-hmm. which is definitely our sweet spot. And uh, I think the area is sort of lacking for like a community space, which is what our goal is here. I'm so impressed because I think I think a lot of people probably had that same thought as you did as far as as you and your dad as far as like I'm standing outside this cafe I'd rather go in with my dog why does one of us you know it's like a two-person thing yeah so I think a lot of people have that realization as they're standing outside but the actual doing something about it I think that's what really sets you guys apart you're like we're gonna do something about this we're gonna change this narrative and now as you said you're the first dog-friendly cafe yeah. in New York. I would credit that all to my dad. Um, he has an entre- entrepreneurial background. So, like, he's just really into making big ideas happen, like, not afraid to take risks, um, very good at networking, all of those things. I'm more on the, like, operational quiet side, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we work really well together as a team, but that's all him. Like, I think it would have stayed an idea if it wasn't for his enthusiasm. How is it working with your dad? It's good. I think what really works is that we have separate like things that we work on separate lanes um, and areas of expertise. So there's not like a ton of conflict because we sort of like respect what each other's good at. Uh, we happen to really always agree in terms of building out the space and design stuff, like we're always on the same page. We're planning the second one now. So like if the designer gives us three ideas, we always pick the same one. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's cool. I would say the thing that can be hard about it is just that this space is open seven days a week, 12 hours a day. So it feels like it's always kind of going. It's there's always like some, some issue comes up or like (laughs) things. It's always like, on the forefront of my mind um, and I work with my dad for it. So it does kind of feel like it's never ending because we'll have like a family dinner and we'll start talking about work. Um, So it's definitely very all consuming. I do sometimes wish that there was like a line between like family time and work time. But yeah, yeah. no, exactly. It'd be hard to, if you're all at like even like a holiday dinner or something and something goes wrong and you're like, Oh, Who's going to go? You know, yes. Who's going to deal with it? Yeah, I would say, I mean, it happened yesterday. Uh, we had a staff member call out sick and he went to cover. But it's like usually one of us has to cover for things. Uh, we do like a yearly family vacation where we're both gone at the same time. And that's always a little stressful. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> otherwise, it's good. So you kind of touched on how you built out the space because you realized you wanted to do bigger events and have more of that community feel. So tell me a little bit about the community that you've built since then. I think the community is really what sets us apart from other coffee shops. So the thing about having like dogs in this sort of like bright, high energy space is that customers come in and they actually like talk to each other and people kind of like move around and dogs play with each other. And it's just very like open and friendly. I think our staff also contributes to that. But like, the idea that you're going to come in and like have your head down and just look at your laptop and do work like it doesn't work like that here. Um, So it's innately just a very like social environment. We always say that dogs are really big icebreaker too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's many people who really do want to 
connect with their neighbors and be part of a community, but they might not like know how to get started in that. But like having a dog really just makes that happen. Yeah. Um, so we have a lot of customer. We have a customer who was here yesterday when I was working and he doesn't have a dog. He misses his family dogs from home and he just like comes in. He knows everyone here, like chats Aww. with everyone. Um, and it, I think it feels like kind of his home base. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the case for a lot of people. Yeah. There's also a bunch of different events that we do on a regular basis. So I think people know us for that. We do some comedy shows that are, um, that run like a couple times a month. We do trivia. So there's like different things that people come for. Mm -hmm. Um, and the adoption events too, like adopting your dog at Boris and Horton and kind of remembering the space is like the place where you met your dog for the first time, I think is like a good connection point for people. Yeah. So yeah. And then also like we work at the cafe quite a bit. We really get to know our customers. I don't know. New York can feel kind of lonely sometimes. And I think we try to like, we aim to like make it not feel so lonely. Yeah. Well, that would, that kind of bleeds into my next question of like, I was thinking like, why do you think New York City is the right place for this type of cafe? I think New York, the apartments are pretty small. I think people take their dogs out to do activities and walk a lot and like, like to get out. I think that's why you live in New York. You don't live in New York to like stay inside. Yeah. Um, so it's a place where people stop, you know, on their way to the dog park or on their way back from the dog park. It's a meeting place. I think different dogs have different energy requirements. So I think people are like, okay, I just got home from work. My dog needs to run around. I'm going to grab a beer. Like, it's a good place to to get all that done. Yes. And yeah, I think, I don't know if I lived upstate or something on two acres. I think I'd probably <laughs> just like play fetch with my dog in my backyard, but that's just not New York. Yes. No, I completely agree. Because I, I used to live in London and I had my dog with me too. And everywhere in the UK is dog friendly, mm-hmm. like the cafes and restaurants and pubs and all that. And it was so nice to be able to, like, if you're walking around the city and you're already walking your dog, it yeah. was nice to be able to go and get a coffee or like go into a store and buy something or mm-hmm. whatever and just like bring the dog with you. Yeah. And I think that part of city life of the ability to bring your dog into places is pivotal Mm -hmm. for the enjoyment of having a dog in the city. Yeah. People just like plan out their Saturday. Like, okay, I'm going to go to the farmer's market. I'm going to stop by Boris and Horton. I'm going to like, you know, all these things. It's just like, it's your activity partner. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And the fact that you're providing events for people to go to, too, like for the community, for people to meet each other, but then also just for the dogs of like a different enrichment activity for them to do as well. Yeah. And one thing that we hear a lot, which I definitely have feelings about is there's a lot of people who can't leave their dog at home. I think the goal should be that the human should be able to separate from their dog unless it's a service dog or something. Yeah. But I've found that we are kind of a helpful thing. If your dog is suffering from some um, separation anxiety or your dog just moved to New York or something like that, like there's people who without, Trivia night at Boris and Horton, they really wouldn't be able to like get out on an evening and socialize with with um, yeah. leaving their dog at home. That's such a good point. I agree. Like, yeah, you, you want to be able to, but like if you're in the process of training or something, yeah. like it's nice that you guys offer that. Yes, definitely. Such a big part of your cafe and your community is a lot of the fundraising mm-hmm. events that you guys do. So I'd yeah. love to hear more about that. Yeah, so usually when we have an event at the cafe, there's a nonprofit component to it. So last week for Trivia Night, we raised some money for Paws New York, which is a an organization that helps um, 
generally elderly people who have a pet kind of keep their pet in their home. So what they might do is help a person bring their dog to the vet or help with some dog walking or, you know, helping them get the food they need. So different things like that so that the, the human animal companionship can kind of stay there even when it's tough to take care of them physically. We love that organization. We also work with a lot of rescues um, just to do some fundraising for different like rescue missions that they're on. And then whenever we do an adoption event outside the cafe, it's also a fundraising opportunity. So Animal Care Centers is one of our favorite partners. They come with their adoption van and they actually don't bring like too many dogs, maybe like three or four at a time. But they also try to connect with our customers to um, get them interested in volunteering and donating as well. So there's a lot of different ways that people can kind of get involved in the cafe. I know this is probably like an outside perspective on your life, but it seems like you've really done such an amazing job of what you were saying in college where you were working with rescues and shelters and and you felt so good about it. But then, as you said, it's hard work. It's depressing sometimes. And it seems like you're doing such an amazing job of like offering this to the community, but then also still fundraising for the shelters and like working with them without being a shelter worker, yeah. you know, which I think is because I've, I've worked at a shelter as well. And it's very taxing. And it's so cool that you've come full circle almost that is one of my favorite things about the cafe is like when i was working at the shelter uh i was bringing dogs home with me my apartment was definitely not like the soothing kind of place i wanted it to be it was a really 24 7 thing where you just feel like you're a drop in the bucket and it's kind of a never-ending problem Mm -hmm. um here i like that we're able to be like very positive vibes and high energy and happy but we are doing like good work as well and i think it's a much more sustainable model for me at least um you definitely caught something that i'm like very proud of here yeah yeah no i love it okay so back to the details though the actual cafe itself so you offer all these events and people can come here and work is it like just coffee what do you guys offer One of the things that we felt from the beginning is that the coffee actually had to be good or else people were just going to come visit one time and like see what the gimmick is about and then not return. Mm -hmm. So we work with Variety Coffee Roasters. Um, They're based in Brooklyn. And I truly believe that we're some of the best coffee in New York. It's a very – it's a coffee city. So um, (laughs) – but yeah, we do – any sort of espresso drink you can think of. We have a lot of specialty drinks where we make these like flavored syrups in-house. We try to um, do seasonal things and update our menu as often as possible. So we know that people come and they end up spending like a full day here and we try to keep them fed and caffeinated. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and we try to keep some pretty high standards. My favorite thing right now, it is fall. I think we make one of the best pumpkin spice lattes in the city. Um, <laughs> and then also in our Williamsburg location, which is going to be opening in spring, um, we will have a full kitchen. So oh. right now we kind of make do with a very small space and we try to churn out grilled cheese and toast and different things with a pretty small counter space on the cafe side. But we want to do full, um, full menu in Williamsburg. Because uh, those evening events, we want people to be able to like stay longer yeah. and have more variety and things like that. Date night with your dog. Yeah, be, yeah. exactly. Um, and drink more. Uh, yeah. we, <laughs> we have beer and wine right now, but we're going to go for full liquor for 
Um, <clears throat> we're going to go for full liquor for the Williamsburg space. And one of my things that I'm excited about is um, when we do like breed meetups or like different events, being able to do like a specialty cocktail with like yeah. the corgi or whatever. Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And then for the dogs, we um, work with a couple of local vendors to make sure that they have good stuff to eat while they're here. Maison de Paz is our like bakery case vendor. So she bakes up different treats for the dogs. So it might be a cupcake with cream cheese frosting on it, peanut butter carob donuts. Um, she also does seasonal stuff. So when we launched our pumpkin spice latte in the cafe, she does a pumpkin spice cookie for the dogs. Um, we also have dog ice cream. So we work with the Pupper Cup, also a local business. She makes all of the ice cream out of coconut milk and other natural ingredients. And then she comes on Sundays with her ice cream cart and she actually scoops ice cream for the dogs and they really get to like taste samples and then like pick a flavor so it's all very cute i would say we intentionally don't do like bowls of food we do things that could be eaten in a couple bites just because that helps with like behavior management yeah um in the cafe because there are a lot of dogs we want something that like a dog is not going to resource guard and take forever to eat okay i'm so happy you just said that because that was the next thing i was going to talk about is the details in respect to the dogs you guys have really done such an amazing job even which is like the double doors when you walk in so the dogs can't get out yeah it's hard to explain to everyone on podcast but like there's two doors so you can't i can can explain it so we the health department makes us do this like set of double doors with an outlet to the outside separating the cafe and the dog side space originally when we first opened we were actually planning to just be an on-leash cafe and then one night I was closing the cafe. It was like we had 20 minutes left and there were two dogs that knew each other and they wanted to like wrestle off leash. Yeah. And I was like, wait, this is kind of fun. Like it's less of the owner needing to hold a leash while their arm gets pulled. Like there's less tangling. It kind of works. So for a while we were just doing the double doors and we would have like a human standing at the doors to make sure that only one opened at a time. Mm-hmm. It was pretty stressful. And then I started doing some research and found that there was a magnet system that we could install where only one door opens at a time. So it's literally like how it works at the dog park, but it's pretty foolproof. Like people who don't even understand the system, like are not going to accidentally open two doors. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's been huge and definitely going forward as we open more, like it'll always be an off leash cafe. It's way more fun. It somehow works better that way too. Yes. No, I mean, it was such a nice feeling to, as I said, like from my shelter background, I saw the double doors and I was like, oh, nice. And then walk in and the dogs were off leash and to be able to be greeted by these dogs. And they just like came up, said hi, and then walked away. Yeah, I think we definitely try to keep our eye on the entrance of the cafe because yeah. it's like a little entrance and we don't want like a pileup of like 10 dogs there greeting. Sometimes like a dog comes in and they need a minute before they can like shake off and go play. So yeah. we try to like, watch those interactions. We also try to greet all of our human customers, but it does work really well. And you had asked before about doing it in New York and why it works for, like, New York City dogs. And I do think that they're, like, a more social dog and sort of, like, bomb-proof when it comes to, like, noises and smells and stimulus. Like, they can handle a little bit more. So they clearly can handle being in a dog – in an off-leash cafe. Yes. Well, it sounds like from what you've said, you guys have thought about, like, every detail with the dogs and then also with the humans outside with the food and the coffee. And as you said, you do want it to be an enjoyable place for people to come and be. And I can definitely say I've been to a few dog friendly places in other cities. And and sometimes 
it doesn't strike the right balance of like a place that's enjoyable to hang out for a long time as a person. Like, yes, it's great for the dogs, but maybe everything's a little grungy or like whatever. And you guys make it the perfect balance, I think, of it's like cute. You want to be here. You can work here for a couple hours, but it's not like hoity-toity, like, oh my god, the dog's gonna pee on the carpet, or like anything like that. Yeah, that's a big part of like designing the space um, is we have to do these like wipeable floors. Any fabric is vinyl. We have to think about like the heights of where we put things. Um, it's actually really annoying <laughs> because there's a lot of like aesthetic things that we think of when we think of a cute cafe that we're not able to do. And the dogs are really rough on stuff. I'm constantly replacing things. Uh, but yeah, I think we know what works and what doesn't work. One of the things that is really difficult and very funny is... So we don't want the dogs to pee in the cafe. Like, do not let your dog pee in here. But it happens. So we always tell customers, like, hang your jackets and your bags, like, on the hooks on the wall and do not hang them off the back of your chair because if you hang them off the back of your chair, they might get peed on. Yes. So I'm actually having a new sign printed, really big letters, hang your bags on, hang your jackets and your bags in the back on hooks and we're not (laughs) responsible for pee jackets. (laughs) <laughs> for PJ. Yeah. That's um yeah, my younger dog. I say younger. He's 7, but um he would totally like if something was dragging on the ground, he would yeah. totally lift his it's leg. A thing. It's thing, like- <laughs> especially male dogs. We also give out those like belly bands. Do you know what those are? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we give out like disposable ones because sometimes that could like really just do the trick and they don't even care they're wearing it, but it makes it that like their owner doesn't have to follow around and clean up after them. So smart. Like all the details. I'm just so yeah, so impressed. I want you guys to franchise now. I want you to go. We like, would, yeah, we would love to. We Our goal for this next one is to really perfect it. Think of some of the things that we weren't able to do in this current location, like make just the perfect Boris and Horton flagship and then see where it goes from there. We get a ton of franchising requests. So I hope that happens. I think that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yes. What? As I said, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, I'm sure the listeners are so sick of me saying it, but being able to take my dog into a bunch of different coffee shops, restaurants, all that in London, and then coming back to the US was really, it was a really hard transition of like, I was just used to going and doing things with him constantly. And so to see this here and to see it getting hopefully more popular in the US and hopefully other people see what you're doing and you're like, they think it's such a great idea so maybe there's more in austin or like whatever yeah. or if you do do franchise that would be so amazing yeah I'm, I'm just so happy that we were able to talk and just to wrap up this is the with a dog podcast so why do you choose life with a dog i would say i choose life with a dog because i don't know life without a dog um i've grown up with them to me your house is not full unless it has a dog in it and i think Doing stuff with your dog is better than doing stuff without your dog. (laughs) Perfect. I agree. Yeah, it's not a home without a dog in it. I love that. For any listeners who want to follow you guys or learn more about you or maybe buy, can you buy the merch online? Yeah. Any of that stuff. Give us all the info. I highly recommend giving us a follow on Instagram. Uh, It's just Horace and Horton. We try to post funny videos and we also try to keep people up to date with events at the cafe. Um, we also have a really nice calendar on our website with info about each event and what to expect. So I love that. And then, yes, you can definitely buy merch on our website. 
We also have something that is pretty cool, I think. We have these coffee club memberships. So if you live in the area and you love coffee, um, we have some really, really great deals to um, save some money on specialty lattes. And you can get some like really crazy fun drinks and uh, keep it pretty cheap. So highly recommend uh, getting a coffee club membership. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this interview, Logan. Um, and thank you for accommodating me in the back room. Yeah, we're, swe- we're sweating back here, yeah. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we're sweating for you guys. Okay, you better enjoy this interview. Um, and if you want to follow me, it's at with a dog podcast on Instagram with a dog pod on TikTok. And we have new episodes every Wednesday. And we'll see you next week. Bye. All content on the With a Dog podcast is for informational and comedic purposes only. It should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.